You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 194. In this episode, I'm speaking to Natalie Lucier on creating the ultimate challenge to build your business. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Natalie Lucier, who is a serial entrepreneur, starting with a raw food website, then teaching launching, and now she runs the software company Ambition Ally. Natalie is best known for her 30-day list building challenge, and in this episode, we dive into how she created the challenge and how it has helped her build her business. Go to sigrun.com forward slash 194 for the show notes, and there you also find links to Natalie Lucier and her 30-day list building challenge. I am very excited to be here with Natalie Lucier. It's probably one of the first people I started to follow online, and now we're here on the show together. It's an honor. Thank you for being on the show, Natalie. Thank you, Sigrun. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so you have been business, online business, quite long. You know, I started out 2013. I did B school. So you've been uh, doing this for quite a while. Can you go a little bit back and see how you got into online business in the first place? Absolutely. Yeah. So I have been in business since 2009 and uh, just kind of backtracking from there. Basically, I was studying software engineering at university and I was really lucky because I got to be an intern on Wall Street in Silicon Valley. And what I learned is that I didn't really want to be in those environments. So that's what kind of motivated me to start my own business right out of college. And I turned down a job offer on Wall Street to do that. And everyone obviously was like, you're crazy. Why are you doing this? And obviously online business wasn't even a thing necessarily, like no one knew about it. Um, so I was like, well, it just feels right. I'm going to follow my heart and see where it takes me. So um, that very first business that I started, I kind of called my training business because I learned a lot about marketing and obviously the tech stuff came to me pretty easily. So I built my own website and that aspect kind of was natural, but the marketing was really difficult for me and like figuring out how to communicate and how to show that, you know, what I had to offer had value and how to price and do all of those things. And so from there, I kind of turned that into the business that you see today, kind of, I call it the spiral staircase, you know, so where I started, you know, I kind of kept taking steps. I didn't really know where I was going and I couldn't see around the corner, but eventually I kind of circled back to technology. And now uh, my husband and I run a software business online for the online marketing space together. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I was in some of your courses and the membership site and what everyone raved about and most people have found you through is your 30-day list building challenge. Tell me how you got that idea. What a smart idea for marketing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so really what it was is that I had been, I knew how important list building was. I think everyone kind of gets this eventually. They're like, oh yeah, if I have more people to talk to, then when I promote something, there's going to be more 
potential customers for it. It just makes sense. And what I had done was I uh, had done my first, yeah, I think I had done my first live event at that point. I had, um, you know, filled a mastermind. I, you know, had clients for the rest of the year. I didn't have any programs I was going to launch. So I was like, well, what can I do with my time? And list building was the number one priority that made sense for me. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then what I realized was, why don't I issue a public challenge to let people know I'm working on list building. I want to double my list in 30 days and you can come along and watch me do it. And so that was the original idea behind it. And that's how I launched it at first. It, like I didn't have videos. I didn't have content. I was just going to write things and send emails as I did certain things. And in the beginning, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to do guest posts. I'm going to do webinars. I'm going to do some of these things and then just share the results. And honestly, a lot of the results were not amazing within that first 30 days. So like I did a guest post for, I don't remember which website it was, um, like Lifehacker or something like that. And I got like two clicks back to my website. And I was like, oh, I can't believe it. Like that was a total fail, <laughs> right? Um, but I shared that with people. And then eventually people kept asking, oh, what if you had just like one little thing that we could do every day, a little item, an action item that we could follow along with you? And so the next phase of the challenge was a more organized, structured um, one, one item a day. And then I did eventually double my list, but it took a little bit longer than those 30 days. And I actually talk about that in the challenge too, because some of the activities that you do to help you build your list take time to have bear fruit essentially, right? So it takes a little bit of time to get out there, to reach people, to have people come back and find you. Yeah. So how, how long have, is it since you created this uh, list building challenge? Yeah, so it, it launched in 2013 for the first time. So it's been out there and we've had probably like 60,000 people go through it at this point. <laughs> 60,000 people. And, you know, challenges are now so popular, Facebook challenges. So you were one of the first to do an actual Facebook challenge like we know them today. Yes, definitely. And there were some other challenges out there. Um, Jada and uh, Jen from the Simple Green Smoothies, they were one of the first people that I saw too. Um, and obviously they, they had a 30-day green smoothie challenge. And then um, there was a couple of other like fitness type challenges and other you know industries and stuff, but not so much in our community or our industry at the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's one of the first that I remember and also being in, inside a Facebook group instead of just being a challenge that it's public. Uh, so people could join the group. You did not mandate that they would sign up for your list, but it's kind of like happens automatically that people want to get the emails as well. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I have often looked back, even today, I will point to your challenge as a good example of how to build your list. And also you have a tripwire. Mm -hmm, yes. How does that work? Yeah. So, you know, the very first, probably first year or so, um, you know, it was totally free. It became evergreen. So the first few times I ran it, it was live. So, you know, this is the day it starts. It goes for 30 days. You're in and you're out. And then it became something that people could join at any time. And then they would get the emails based on when they joined. And then eventually people started asking like, hey, I don't want to wait 30 days to get all this content. I'm really eager. Can I just get everything on day one? And um, I had heard about Digital Marketer and their tripwire concept. And I was like, you know what, what if we just charge like a really small fee for it to unlock everything on day one. And so we charged it at $27. And um, we actually split tested in the beginning, we had like 47 and 27, 27 one out. And uh, we, we said, Hey, let's just try it. And like, we, we got really good results. I think it's about three to 4% of people 
uh, who sign up for the free challenge end up taking us up on the paid unlock everything fast track kind of thing. And then we also included other bonuses. So we included other content and stuff too. So it's not just unlocking. We kind of really do provide more value to help those people who are really eager to get going. Yeah. And what was the ultimate goal back then to get them to? Part of the doing this tripwire was to help offset the cost of Facebook ads. So we were not doing a ton of Facebook ads yet. It wasn't as popular as it is today. But in my mind, I was like, okay, if I'm going to be spending money on ads, you know, I need to make sure that we make money off of it and it's not just going to go out and never come back. Um, so that was one of the things to help offset the cost of ads. And then we were, um, I had a program called Launch It and Profit. And that was kind of the end goal of the 30 day challenge. So the way I thought about the 30 day challenge and launch it in profit was, um, you know, if somebody wants to launch a course, they need to have an email list. So if they go through the 30 day challenge, then they'll be positioned to then launch a course or a program or a membership site or whatever it is. Um, so that was kind of the natural progression from list building to launching something. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. But now your business has shifted towards focusing more on the software side, you know, uh, developing Access Ally, Pop-Up Ally. So does the 30-day list building challenge still help you for funneling people to that business? It does, yeah. So the 30-day challenge really leads into Pop-Up Ally sales quite easily. So Pop-Up Ally is what we call our polite pop-up plugin for WordPress. Um, so it's really great because people who want to build their list usually have to add an opt-in form or something back on their website. And, um, you know, depending on what tool they're using, if they're not on WordPress, then there are other options. But if they are, Pop-Up Ally is a natural progression. We have a free plugin. So, you know, it's not that they have to purchase, but if they want more features and functionality, they do end up upgrading to Pro. Um, and then for Access Ally, what ends up happening is people log into the members area. They like the way it looks. They like the way it works. And they're like, whoa, what tool are they using to do this? And then they do ask. And, you know, we do have it on there, you know, get Access Ally, find out more about it. And a lot of people um, kind of aspire to getting to, to use Access Ally when they're ready to launch as well, even though they might not be there when they're going through the challenge. So I went through all these steps. So I, a 30 day list building challenge, bought Pop-Up Ally, and now I have Access Ally. So did I follow the, <laughs> the <laughs> I perfect think it's path? <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. I bought the launch course as well. <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but now everybody's scared about DTPR. And uh, I just did a Facebook Live before we hopped on here and I was like, oh, there's so much fake news. We need to talk about this. Like. Does your challenge and the way you do it still work in the GDPR world? And what do you recommend, you know, people do that are worried about this? Yeah. So, you know, from a software perspective, that's something that we thought about a lot because our tools do handle people's information. So, you know, if you're opting into an email list, obviously that's going to go into your email marketing platform and we don't store any of that information, but you know, we just, um, on May 10th, we're about to release some new updates to both pop-up ally and access ally, um, with, for example, checkboxes so that you can ask people, Hey, you're about to opt in, say to the 30 day challenge, you're going to get receive an email every day for 30 days, which may include marketing or you know you basically that's where you get the consent you can also link to your privacy policy and just give people a little bit more information before they opt in and I think you know there are some people who are worried that this is going to decrease opt-in conversion rates or you know people aren't going to want to do this but I think it's important and I think it's you know the way we think about it is this new GDPR policy should apply to everyone no matter where you are in the world because we are protecting people's data and private information and we don't want to abuse that and i think that 
not just in the US, but like companies in general have felt like they could just run away with people's information and that's just not right. So I think the more we can be transparent about what we're going to do with people's information. So for example, for 30 day list building, we are going to tell people we're going to create a login for you inside of our membership site. So they know it's not just an email. Um, they're going to have access to this members area, which, you know, does have potential marketing or whatnot in there. So that's one aspect that I think we don't have to worry about. So giving them basically more, uh, more access in a way that, you know, they actually see the area, so they will have to log in. And then uh, that's kind of marketing without that you don't need extra permission for that. Exactly. Yep. So we're kind of letting them know like, hey, this is how this is going to work. Um, so they're not going to be surprised and like, hey, this is not what I expected. Right. So I think that's a big part of the understanding, like the spirit of the law. Right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Oh, I think we're so on the page. I was just on Facebook Live, like literally an hour ago. And I said, you have to understand the spirit of the law. Don't worry about this double opt-in and checkboxes and all those things. As long as you understand it's about transparency and no surprises. And I just kept on repeating that, transparency and no surprises. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then there is another piece for a membership site. So um, with Access Ally, some people are worried because um, in the past, the way that a lot of membership sites uh, worked is if you want to send people their login details via an email, you would have their password stored in your email marketing platform. So you could then use that password in an email to send them back to the membership site. So what we're doing with Access Ally in this upcoming release is that you will no longer need the password and they can just auto log. You can have a link that auto logs people into the membership site without giving them a password. So the password can just be something that remains completely private to them. They don't need to store that in any other system. Um, that's just between them and your WordPress site, which is totally secure. And so that removes one of those potential, you know, data um, security issues that, that some people might be worried about for GDPR. Oh, that's great. Because uh, I know from Slack, every time I log into a new computer and have to get my Slack password, and uh, I'm like, oh, I have to open one password and all that stuff. You can just click a link, send me a magical link, so to speak. So that would be that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So it's still totally secure. Um, and the main difference is that, um, you know, you can also create an account without having to store the password. So um, that password is something that will be stored for that particular person on WordPress. And they can obviously reset the password and, you know, manage all of that like they would expect. Um, but it's not something that we need to store specifically somewhere else to send in an email anymore. Mm, that makes total sense. So what do you think about like uh, if people come through your Facebook group first, you know, and then you kind of offer them to opt in? That is also another way to kind of like, well, uh, you know, it's still their choice, right? To be a part of that or not. Right. You're not forcing them. <laughs> no, we're not forcing that. They're not forcing them. And, uh, you know, the, the way you do it now is uh, basically they are in the group and people just post whatever questions they have. So you do not have special like posts on like day one, day two, day three, because people are all over the place. Right. So what we've done, um, we haven't run it uh, live a couple of times since those initial times. And when we do let, run it live, we will have like day one starts on this day. And then in the Facebook group, we'll have each day 
uh, like a prompt or something related to that day's topic. But what we found is that people don't, like you said, sometimes they'll just come in at any day and they might get confused if they're not on the day that's being posted, even if they found us like a couple days later. So we do try to just keep it as open as possible for people to talk about wherever they're at in the challenge. And I think it, it actually works because people who have gone through it already and have gotten results can give feedback um, about things that you know they've already done. Yeah. So what do you think, uh, uh, you know, I'm just moving forward because we we're talking about membership sites before and people coming into that. One of the challenges, not just in courses, but, you know, we're still focusing on the list building is that people don't finish mm-hmm. what they start. So how do you encourage this in a free course? Because in order to buy something from you, I guess you have to have them actually do the work in the free course first. So how do you make that happen? Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways that you can approach this question. And I think it's a really important question for every person to think about. Definitely, like you said, for your free content, because it leads into your paid content. So you want them to get the results that you promise. So they trust you enough to say, okay, I'm going to go and take the next step. Um, but also for paid content, because, you know, especially if someone paid for it, you want them to get the results that they're after, then you get repeat customers and, you know, word of mouth and all that stuff. So there's definitely strategic things you can do. So just thinking about like, okay, putting yourself in the shoes of the person taking this course or this program, you know, think about how busy their life is and, you know, how they're trying to fit this into something else, right? So when we think about our course, we're like, oh, people have like all the time in the world to go and watch these videos or to take action on this content but actually they're trying to fit this into an already busy schedule most likely. So that's the first thing. And so that leads to usually doing shorter videos or really easy to digest type content. So it doesn't have to be like, Hey, let me explain something conceptually for an hour. And then with 10 minutes of actionable stuff at the end, it's actually a lot more, um, you know, let's just remove all the fluff and focus on the most important stuff that tends to make a big difference. Um, And then the other thing is just really using like psychology and motivation and and getting that going. So if you think about it, when you first get started with something, it's when you're the most excited about it. So the more you can give people quick wins early on, if they feel like they're making progress, they're going to keep going and they're more likely to complete. So um, having that first module or that first video or first welcome thing be really inspirational and really actionable and doable and you know, easy, that is going to help people come back and do more. So, you know, for example, with our 30 day list building challenge, the first day, your goal, your, your item for the day is to pick how many people you want to get, get on your list in the next 30 days. It's not a big thing. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you don't have to go and work on your website or change anything. It's, you know, anyone can do that part. So that gets that motivation going. And then there is, you know, um, studies and and data about how if people feel like they're moving towards something and they actually have progress behind them, they're more likely to complete and keep going. So a couple of ways we do that with Access Ally is we have little checklist items. We show people's progress as they move through things. So they're like, oh yeah, I'm already done, you know, 20%. I'm like, okay, I'm up to 50. Great. Like I'm almost there, you know, and that really helps motivate people too. Mm. That is super smart to have it so small in the beginning, because I think this is uh, what breaks down a lot of five-day challenges is that the tasks are way too big. But what about gamification? I did, it's one of the courses, you know, uh, you know, the platform Coursera, and uh, this is probably four years ago. And I saw a course, it's the only course I've actually done on the platform, gamification. And this is, I was probably not even my business, so I was doing this, but... I know that this is something that a lot of 
course creators and uh, those running a membership also use and the platform can help there too to make it kind of a fun thing to to finish and get possibly some rewards for finishing your tasks. Absolutely. Yeah. So gamification is really big for that as well. Um, so just if somebody doesn't know what that means, it's basically when you turn like a task or something that needs to be done into a game. So kind of like a video game where there's levels, maybe you earn points, maybe you unlock stuff. Um, there's kind of this progression and it's fun, right? So that's really the goal. And so with gamification, there's a couple of different ways you can implement it. So if you are having, say, an ongoing membership site where people maybe get new things every month, you could potentially have some sort of a credit system, um, which is something that we've done in our membership is, you know, people can earn hearts or points, if you will. And it's kind of like a bank balance, right? So you earn things for doing things and then you can redeem those points for something else. So um, some examples of how to do that is, let's say each time somebody completes a module or a course, you can give them some points. Um, you could also give them points for sharing on social media or um, for filling out their profile or, you know, any other kind of little things you can think about, like passing a quiz or all that stuff. And then um, to redeem points, you know, there's different ways you can do it. You can unlock bonus courses or bonus content. You could do something that's more individual based. So one thing we've done is people can use their points to get a copy critique with us. So it's kind of a one-on-one -on -one thing, but um, people kind of have to earn it, right? So it's not like you're going to get thousands of them at the same time. So that gives us that one-on-one -on -one touch that we can have. And it's very motivating if you don't offer that service anywhere else. <laughs> and then we've also seen people do, you know, actual physical prizes. So, uh, you know, use your points to get a candle or a notebook or, you know, something that, that they want, maybe a gift card or what, whatever it is. It kind of has an association with real value, which I think is really important for any type of point system. Um, and you can also do like leaderboards. So just getting, you know, showing other people, you know, how well you're doing, it kind of makes you uh, motivated to kind of <laughs> work a little bit harder or keep going because there's other people doing it with you too. So there might be some out there thinking like, oh, I'm a grown up person, uh, you know, I don't want any games, but there's actually some, you know, studies that show that this works. And if you think of LinkedIn, you know, you're an old star or, or you're, you know, not yet there. So you have to somehow fill out more of your profile. So isn't there studies that, that this actually works? Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually something that is built into us as like hunter gatherers. So um, if you think about like picking berries, you know, we're kind of designed to like get a little something, you know, it's colorful. We want to like collect them all. Um, and it's kind of similar with like badges and points and all these things. We have this like drive and it's actually like kind of a survival instinct. And so it's not so much, I mean, it is about having fun, but it's kind of goes deeper than that and taps into a deeper primal thing that we have that let's use that to help people get the results that they want, right? As opposed to just ignoring it or thinking, oh, it doesn't really matter um, because it, it is going to help people. And, you know, in my mind, getting them engaged and getting them to have the results that you promised them is really what it's all about at the end of the day. Mm. So if somebody has a challenge themselves and are debating whether they should have some kind of prices for doing all the assignments, this actually supports them actually doing that. Definitely. Yes. And, you know, think about what kind of prices you can offer that complement the content that you are creating, right? So if you have, let's say it's a fitness challenge, you know, maybe the outcome would be, I don't know, some like special <laughs> um, printed book of, of recipes or something that's like a little bit more in line with exactly what the challenge is about. So it really motivates them to continue on with the same course or the same path. <laughs> 
So if you were starting out today, would you create a 30-day list building challenge or would you do anything different? That's a great question. Yeah, so I definitely learned that 30 days is too long. That was definitely one of the big lessons that I learned maybe a little bit too late. Uh, but even just creating the content for 30 days and 30 emails and you know 30 pages and 30 videos, like even the process of doing that was a lot of work. And I was like, well, I'm just gonna do it. That's what it's called, let's just do it. But I do think from an implementation standpoint, people do tend to kind of lose track around like day 10 or 12. Um, just cause you know, lives get busy and also things do get a little bit like, you know, if you start to take action, let's say on one of the modules, which is about doing a podcast interview or doing, um, you know, a guest post that takes time. And so then they kind of get behind on the other lessons and stuff. So I would give it a little bit more space, but maybe not as much content. Um, so maybe a shorter, like, you know, 12 days or something, um, seven days, I know is another popular five days, I think is good, but just not try to pack as much in such a long period of time too. Yeah. I learned my hard lesson too. I actually did a seven day challenge back in March, 2014, which has now become a course, Passionathon. But I, I gave out tasks that took at least an hour to implement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a little bit too much. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, how is the process? Okay. 30 days, they get a task and assuming I don't get the tripwire, I don't buy the upgrade. And when do you actually pitch your product? Is it included in one of the tasks or is it afterwards? Yeah. So the way that we do it now is it's probably on day, I think day five and day seven or so is when we really start talking about pop-up ally and kind of, you know, weaving things into it. Um, so yeah, we have decided to leave it in and especially kind of early on, like we said, cause some people do drop off. So we don't want to get to the end and then they never hear about anything <laughs> and it's just like, oh, well, too bad we lost them. Um, so yeah, definitely earlier on, um, in the past when we were doing more launch and profit, I did wait till the end. And what I usually did was like a live webinar or something to kind of re-energize people and celebrate at the end of our 30 day challenge together. Yeah. So that has been a great marketing strategy. Aren't you somehow like, wow, how did I think of that? <laughs> it's true. I mean, I think a lot of it came organically, which is why it's crazy to me because the first step was like, okay, I can do this. And then the next step was like, I can do this. And then the third step was like, okay. And then I turned around and I was like, wow, this is kind of amazing. <laughs> right. So I think, I think sometimes the best things happen like that. And I didn't have like this big you know, expectation that this would turn into something else. Like it was kind of a small thing originally. Um, and then it kind of grew from there. And I think that has been like the best things that happened in our business kind of grew that way as well. <laughs> yeah. And it fits for perfectly with your spiral concept that I also got to know when I attended your live event. Yes. Yeah. Can you explain that to the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I like to think that, um, well, I started making websites when I was 12. And then at one point in my business, I was designing websites for clients. And I was like, man, I feel like I'm back in square one, you know, like, why am I doing websites still? You know, I have all this, you know, knowledge, and I have this software engineering degree, you would think I wouldn't be designing websites. But when I looked back, I realized that, you know, obviously, I had learned a lot since I was 12. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I had done websites design in high school. And so I realized this is like a spiral staircase. So you might come back to the same spot on the spiral 
over and over in your business and in your career. But each time you do, you're coming at it from a higher perspective with a lot more experience. And so what you bring back to the table at that same spot is huge. And it really helps you keep moving forward, even though you might come back to it again. So now, you know, I'm back in software and I don't necessarily design websites, but I still work on our, our website sometimes. And, you know, it is interesting to see, like, now we're doing it in a different sort of industry or at a different level than we were, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I think if you are interested in something, you come back to it. But they said you come from a different vantage point. And it's not like you're back at square one. Yeah, you're a different place. So I love that. And I, you have that on the cover of your notebook, uh, a picture of a staircase, so uh, of a spiral. And that's beautiful. I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing, I would say, the ultimate challenge <laughs> <laughs> with, with my audience. It, it's hugely inspiring. I think everyone knows the 30-day list building challenge, but hearing a little bit then of the backstory of it, how it all came together, it is inspiring because we come up with something spontaneously and then it's more sticking to it, refining it, going up the spiral that makes it so great. Yeah, and you're totally right. I think that's one approach to online business is that it's not like a physical product. You can always come back and make it better, make improvements, refine it as you get feedback. And that's definitely what we've done with the challenge too. So we, we have updated things. Uh, we changed certain things over time. And you know even how we send people to it has changed. So it is this constant improvement and iteration. And that's really, you know, success in business, I think, happens because of this commitment to it and this constant improvement that we can make. We're going to link to the 30-day list building challenge, of course, <laughs> in case somebody wants to sign up or sign up again. I, I think a lot of people sign up again and again. Yeah. And yeah, I just wish you best of luck. Thank you for being on the show, Natalie. Thank you. <laughs> Go to sigrun.com forward slash 194 for the show notes. And there you also find links to Natalie Lucier and her 30-day list building challenge. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.